come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polterguide, Kinsey. I'm your polterguide, Donna. And I'm your polterguide, Mac. And this week, we watch the 2022 film Men, written and directed by Alex Garland. Fair warning, we'll be in spoiler territory pretty fast. I know it's it's been out almost a year, but, you know, just, just pause it, go watch it, and then come back and hear our, our thoughts and everything. So let's go around. Had you seen it before? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Before I answer that question, I would like to make a request, Mm -hmm. um, which is that we just start off this particular episode of this podcast with a large blanket hashtag for fuck's sake. Of course, not all men. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to I thought you were going to go trigger warning because this is kind of. There's a yeah. lot of triggery things in this too. So that is I, okay. I but I'm I I'm definitely fine with that too, Donna. <laughs> Hashtag for fuck's sake, of course, not all men. Of course. And then my my warning is gonna be check your trigger warnings with this because they're it's they're there. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yes. Suicide, so, domestic violence, uh home invasions, uh um, rape. Suicide, stalking, naked uh, people. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot. Creepy kids. Oh yeah. So okay. yeah, just you know, from your your friendly poltergeists, we're doing the hard work here. Adult faces CGI'd onto onto children, which is <laughs> should should be unsettling to everyone. Okay, so did you like it? Did you not like it? I have no idea if I liked it or not. I actually watched this movie twice. Which is saying something for a film put out by A24. Though I actually learned this movie was not made by A24. This movie was made by a British company and then released in the U.S. by A24. So my okay. distrust of A24 remains <laughs> solid. <laughs> um, I was about to say A24, you got a point. Um, I'm I'm still not sure. I haven't seen anything everywhere all at once yet. Everything... Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah. but you should, it's good. I have I, heard that. I, I agree. Um, I've, I've got official documentation that it's good. Um, at any rate, point B, I, I don't know. I actually have written down this note first. I wasn't sure, then I kind of did, then I thought about it a lot, and I had a pretty, pretty good idea that I knew what this movie was about, and then I watched it a second time to confirm that I knew what this movie was about. And then I had a sudden thought halfway through that made me think maybe it was about something else. And then I'm back to the, I'm not so sure. So I'm not sure I know what it's about and I'm not sure if I like it, but I thought about this movie a fuck ton. So there you go. I don't know, but I watched it twice, which is more than I've watched a lot of movies that we've done for this podcast. So there you go. I think that that's the pull quote. I watched it twice. <laughs> it's going on the poster. We yeah. Donna Donna has nailed these past two movies has nailed the poster. <laughs> yeah. I had not seen this before. I, I was familiar with Alex Garland uh, as we were kind of talking 
off mic. Uh, I really love Ex Machina. I though I need to go back and rewatch it. That may change after I say that. Uh, Annihilation. I was meh about, but I liked parts of it. Uh, this one, I'm 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 also. I've thought about it. I watched it Friday night. I don't know if I like it or not, but it it kind of stays with you. You know how like you get something on your skin and you're trying to like wash it off, but you really can't. Like that's how it stays with you. And I don't know if I'm describing that as a good thing or a positive thing, but I just I don't know. I haven't I haven't decided yet. You get something that stays on your skin and it smells interesting. Yeah. Not like good, you- not bad, but interesting. Yeah, and you that can't seems get, like a you, veterinarian thing that doesn't yes. necessarily happen to everybody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got kind of a weird smell, and you can't get it off, but you can't stop smelling it. And then you ask your friend, "Does this smell weird? What do you think of this? Do you do you does does this work on me?" Yeah. I I think I'm willing to venture that I don't like it all that much. Uh, I'm I'm gonna land there. I think there's some interesting work. I think there's some interesting effects work. Um, I'm I, where I'm uncertain and where it veers me into a n- sort of negative opinion is what is it's tr- what is it trying to say with its final sequence? And maybe we'll hold off and make that a more detailed uh, discussion point because I have a reaction to it, which I'm not sure is the intention, and I'm not sure anyone else reads it. But the way I'm reading it makes it not only icky, but beyond just like, oh, the hashtag not all men idea or um, anything else. It makes it there's a subtext to it all that feels very not unsettling, just gross with a lowercase g, not not gross like, oh, look at that. It's more gross like, oh, really? You wanted to say that with the whole fucking movie? Okay. I'm going to hazard a guess that it did not say what you think it said. Okay. Yeah. Just I, based on your reaction, I don't think it said what you think it said. But no. it's difficult for me to ex- escape that reaction. If it helps, Mac, on what you're talking about, which I know we'll get there, I watched this by myself, and Editor Billy had come back into the bedroom during that final scene, and I'm literally with my hands on my face, home alone, Kevin McAllister, like this eyes wide just my i just i could not look away and billy's like what is going on i'm like i don't know what the fuck is going on this is and i'm telling him what's going on and he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) and on that note our good good buddies at imdb and this is why i also gave the spoiler warning want you to know a young woman goes on a solo dresses in the most unattractive clothing possible and is none re- nonetheless irresistible to the everyman. I think that well, hold, pause that thought, Donna. Pause the that everyman who yeah. was played by Rory Kinnear, and she's irresistible to him in the most unattractive clothes. Because this is what I have discovered: apparently, if you're incredibly wealthy, you can afford a really un um, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, clothes that flatter you unflattering you can afford really unflattering clothing go on that's what it's about though (laughs) a young woman goes on a solo vacation to the english countryside following the death of her ex-husband i mean those pants did nothing for her the first (laughs) pair of pants she was in i thought she was pregnant i really thought that's what this movie was about it took me a while to figure out oh she's not pregnant and then the second maybe she was 
maybe she was. And then that second pair of pants, I was like, what the fuck are those pair of pants even supposed to be telling us? And then that dress, I thought that was a nightgown. And then she's going around in it. And I was like, oh, I don't think that is a nightgown. And it did nothing for her. I'm sorry, Kenzie. Go that's on. that's okay. But I think I think her dress choice, I I think that was on purpose. I think that was a choice because she's just trying to exist. Like there's yeah. a lot of a lot of things that she's doing just trying to exist and and she can't. And I I, I think I think that was a that was a definite choice was her. I mean, I, I want to strongly emphasize the concept that women do not have an obligation to anyone to be pretty. I, I want to, that is not what women are in this world to do. Women are not in this world to be pretty. So she can dress in whatever she wants to. I just feel like that dress in particular didn't look comfortable either. No, I agree. It did not look comfortable. But yeah, I think I think in her clothing choices and things you see her doing, she's just trying to exist. I, I, I that's... Um, that's me. I read a little bit about this after watching it, and it is supposed to be doing some folk horror, which I'm I'm here for the folk horror. Like, hello, I, I freaking love Wicker Man. I loved Midsummer, as uncomfortable as that film is. I, I am your demographic on folk horror. I am here for it. I watched a three-hour documentary on Shudder about all the folk horror. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to apologize. I feel like I completely disrupted the IMD. I feel like it's just a feeling that I completely disrupted the IMDB segment. Do you want to finish your IMDB segment? Please, that I'm was sorry. it. Oh, no, oh, no, that, that was it. Did that Matt was have it. something to say? Um, I mean, really, it's uh, Air Airbnb's PR department decided to sponsor a movie and didn't read the fine print. <laughs> Someone's getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> oh my goodness tell us about folk horror well it's just you know the the nature and just the uh, just a different way of supernatural that's always been here like i like i said i'm here for folk horror i'm I'm here for that and i saw with this that you know he the the green man is supposed to be in this that is who he represents and then the woman and i i can't remember the name of what Sheila Nagik. Thank you, Donna. Like that's a thing as well in horror. Like she's, they're both together. So I, I get that. I'm here with that. That's where I think this falls flat is trying to be folk horror. Like it, I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it danced the folk horror and topical issue. I guess if you want to call it that the topical stuff like it it didn't mesh well together like something didn't gel in the baking like the layers were separate and it just yeah that's <laughs> well i think it's trying to straddle the line between psychological horror and folk horror and it, it, it's having an identity crisis it, it's neither it's not both it's neither yeah and i yeah. think it, it, it I didn't think... blend them properly right yeah. but it, since you brought them up I went and looked up the Green Man and Sheila and a gig, and they don't really go together. The two of them don't really, they're not found in any listings together. Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing Sheila and a gig correctly, by the way. I, I meant to look up how to pronounce it, and I didn't. But the Green Man is a symbol of rebirth. That's that's what he symbolizes mainly. There's a much longer description, but that's the shorthand. Green Man is a symbol of rebirth. Okay. Um, Sheila and a gig 
Um, and by the way, based on pictures I saw, um, the one we saw in that church was actually quite a subdued version of Sheila Nagig. Um, Sheila Nagig is a figurative carving of a woman with an exaggerated vulva. And some of these, whoa. They're not, uh, they're, they're not joking on the exaggeration is what you're saying, Donna. Yeah. Some right. of them were, um, wow. Um, <laughs> and it's thought to ward off. That's another pull quote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, some of they're, 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 they're to ward off evil spirits. Okay. So, um, but I cannot emphasize enough. The one that we saw was quite a subdued version. Um, so. Okay. So, and that's, I think, okay. So you're talking about the re the green man and Sheila and gig and all of that. And, and this is another thing that I was reading about it is that it's also talking about, grief and living with your monsters and if you are a monster and i don't think it handles that well that my problem is i think the babadook handles grief so much better than this like i to me this felt a little heavy-handed with that like okay yeah 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 like once i read that then that's my problem like i've seen it done better and i know garland can be better so netflix's big mouth handled grief better than this Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock handled grief better than this. So, so yeah, <laughs> no reaction. To no, moving just, right along. No, I'm just going by each of us the example that we use. Use it. I'm like, yep, that tracks for Donna. That tracks, tracks for yeah. Mac. This tracks for me. Like, I'm just going. I was like, yeah, there's no no notes, no notes. <laughs> so I want I want to hit because I showed I showed my podcast mates a picture I drew. Before we started recording, I don't know if you can see it better now. Did you see it better now? Occasionally. I saw it, I saw it for oh, a come second. On. I've got the blur effect on Zoom, and so my picture is not really showing, which makes me sad because I worked really hard on it so that you, fuck, so you guys could see it. Okay. Tell us about the picture, Don. <laughs> I will I will describe the picture to you. Oh, wait. So, is, this, is this Dr. Donna's medical corner? Is this what we're going in? Not yet. We okay. will get to it, though. Okay. 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 So, a recurring visual theme in this movie let's describe something that happened so um the the trauma that um i just forgot her name harper thank you You're harper welcome. forgot harper did not i forgot i forgot harper's name harper definitely did not forget mm -hmm. her trauma was that her soon-to-be ex-husband because she's divorcing him which he didn't like her soon-to-be ex-husband punched her she threw him out of the flat. He went to the apartment upstairs, went through, climbed off the balcony and fell. He fell off that balcony. Um, there is some question because he had been threatening suicide. Right. So, yeah, he's threatening her with suicide before he punches her to get her not to leave, which. Right. Fuck so, James. Just, yeah. Fuck, fuck James. Yeah. Fuck James. So did he fall or did he jump? We don't know. But she recurring sees his sees his face as he's falling she sees him as she's falling later we see a, a shot of her seeing his body so she walks along the building and she sees his body he is facing away from the building okay so yeah. we see we see the building we see two stories we see two sets of balconies 
So from what we could tell, he fell from the third story past the second story, and he is facing away from the building. He has no time to turn and face away from the building. He has no time to do much of anything, including recognize his wife in the window and his wife recognize him in the window. But that's exactly. another point. Keep going. <laughs> Which means that, in fact, she later on says it happened so quickly. It felt like it felt like I saw him, but it happened so quickly. Mm. So I'm not sure that this image that's haunting her of seeing him as he fell even happened. Because for him to yeah. fall facing away from her, he, she couldn't have seen his face. Now, we also very clearly see his broken leg. Mm -hmm. And he caught his arm on a spike, which ripped his arm up to the carpal bones. Almost as is, if his hand would be split later on if it went all the way. But oh. this is scientifically accurate. Because let me tell you how tough those carpal bones are. Those are some tough bones. So what happened to James, that makes sense. Anyway. What you're saying is Dr. Donna, in her medical corner, approves of what happened to James with the stopping of the carpal bones. Yeah. With that injury stopping at the carpal bones, that makes sense. From a third floor jump, take away the fence, he probably would have survived with some pretty severe, like the broken leg is there right i mean yeah that's yeah. that's yeah that's what makes me think he 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 went up there with no intention to kill himself but to try to illustrate the veracity of his threat from a third four fall you definitely could die would, but but not, not necessarily yeah. yeah would you right. you could survive a third floor fall yeah i mean so. if he hit his head sure but a, a a real snap in the leg, you'd be you wouldn't be able to necessarily walk walk away right. from. But uh, mm -hmm. but I imagine he also hit his head on those spikes. Based on uh, the way his body was positioned, he probably also hit his head on those spikes. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. So, but my point is the it, it's very unlikely that that moment of eye contact between them happened. Mm -hmm. So. That's it. That's that's my point of this drawing that you will never see for more than a flash, apparently. <laughs> so. But I actually paused the movie. I own this movie, by the way. It cost me $13 to buy the movie. And I did math and said it would cost me $9 to go to the movie. And then I'd probably buy a drink and popcorn. Fuck it. I'll just buy it. I did the same thing. It's not available for rent on digital streaming services right now. Uh I went one step further and I ordered a, a DVD of it and that was $12.99. So mm -hmm. yeah, I own it now for reasons. Which is why I've watched it twice because I could. Yeah. And the so. most funny is like for the longest time it's been on Hulu. Like it's been available on Hulu to, to stream for a while. And I don't know what it is when we are coming up with <laughs> with our list because most times it's like yeah that's available that's available and then we get to that point it's like nope <laughs> so most of my notes are just outrage like this movie made me very angry like i mean until we start getting really into the supernatural folk core of it this movie made me super angry there's there's a couple fuck you to james's like yeah harper he is threatening you also about about James, but 
one of my one of my big notes is Harper is just out here trying to live her life and having to deal with unwanted dick. See an unwanted dick. Unsolicited dick. Unsolicited dick. You know, the vicar pissed me off with the victim blaming. Oh my god. And then like I felt myself physically angry. I was already angry before with them letting what ends up being the green man letting him out just because he's homeless and harm or excuse me because he's harmless and he but he was trying to actively get in her home like I just this movie made me angry and it made me uncomfortable and I think this is a lot of my confusion to earlier <laughs> of did I like it or did I not like it like yeah. I just it pissed me off so much and that's why I was so just just before we started recording I'll give you a direct quote. Alex Garland is a dude <laughs> because this this movie hit some of those points so hard and so perfectly. Right. The well, you saw him twice. I don't know if he saw you once. All of that is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I think that's the frustrating part of why we when we were mentioning earlier that not meshing is because the psychological aspect does really well. Like that is really well. And then the tacking on of the folklore, that's just, that's not the gel. Like, Oh, and the vicar blaming her because he's attracted to her. That's her fault that he's yeah. attracted to her. Like, dear God. Yeah. There's In that dress. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> In those shoes. Did you see them? <laughs> and, and he's, he's going on like, I'm imagining you. With your legs open, and that's well, your fault. Well, that I'm not whole, even giving the whole speech. No, you're gross. not, Donna. But it's but. Still, it's it's so. It's just oh, it's 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 it's, uh, it's gross. It's so, so I repeat, Alex Garland is a dude. Are you sure? Are you sure Alex Garland is a dude? I looked at the picture. I can only go by IMDb. Uh, that is the picture I saw. I independent it, research. It, it, Independent Alex, Alex is short for Alexander. Okay. So. so Mac did the independent research. Good job, Mac. <laughs> I just like he nailed it. He's got to have a ton of sisters or or something. I don't know. Or he could just be a dude that pays attention and sees what's around him and being a better dude. Um, it, 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 let's extend that, though, and, and turn it back on him just a smidge. Okay. All right. He's British, and it, maybe it's an unfair generalization that there's a weird undercurrent of turfiness among the British. Uh, we've got J.K. Rowling. We have IT crowd creator Graham Linehan. There are notable examples of, oh, you're doubling down on that. That seems, like, terrible. Why, why are you coming with that? Where I get a little... It's not squicked out because it's not, oh, that's gross, or oh, I don't feel comfortable with this. It's uh, like, oh, I don't know what you're trying to say. And the possibility that you're trying to say this makes me not so happy with what, what's happening here. There is a weird current that I picked up of turfiness throughout the film. It gets to our ending a little bit. Um, the, 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 the kid, it, it's creepy because he's wearing a woman's mask at one point. And then, so there, there, there's an undercurrent as we get to the climax of uh, the the one, just one more horrible thing that men do is invade on things 
viewed as feminine, which you get a sequence of men giving birth to each other. And that's right. I I zeroed in on that. And when we're talking about me not landing on maybe not so much in favor of the movie, it's that undercurrent of classically British turfiness that turned me off. You know, that certainly is a possibility. And a lot of this movie is is so wildly open to interpretation. Um, I I read that as toxic men giving birth to toxic men and that and that was my read was was that was that that toxic men continue to create other toxic men so i mean i'm and not saying your read is wrong mac by any means because it is super open to interpretation right and, I, and if you saw that then that's right. i saw that and i can't escape that that was at least on some level the intent and that's where i get a little uh, not unnerved by the film just like I don't know if I'm gonna be okay with this movie in the in the summation of it. So, um, yeah, okay. And I can see that scene being interpreted that way too. That right. now now that you explain, it's like, yeah, that could, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It continues to not be my take, but I can certainly, I can certainly. It's there if you if, if you're aware of it. Not, not, the, not to say you weren't aware of it, just if it struck yeah. you that way. The, the the female mask yeah. certainly is a well, point in that favor. Right, and that's where it tipped me off. I'm like, oh no, is this movie going to be all turfy around the edges? Like, that's not good. And then I get to the final sequence and I'm like, I'm having a hard time seeing this as anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and they put the mask also on the bird, too. Yeah. The bird mm. that that crashes through that window like that. That mask shows up one other, like those two times is that mm-hmm. when he's wearing it, and uh on the bird yeah hmm. well i certainly hope that's not happens to my and, and and to i guess garland's credit it's not like he's making it's not like he made this movie uh there was criticism of that quality in the film and he decided to double down and make that his whole thing yeah mm-hmm. so he he's not sublimating his artistic impulses by saying oh no actually i was right about that and here's the rest of my life to prove it so not full bore uh graham linehan or jk rowling but i I can't quite escape that read of it and and it 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 gives it uh a it leaves a sour taste in your mouth it does that's an excellent way to put it kenzie It, it 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 disquiets me to a certain degree no, mm-hmm. I definitely want to go back and watch his other two to see see if I if I see any of <laughs> any of uh, that because yeah I like I said I I I went and maybe because of the reaction that I had to everything at the beginning was that okay this toxic masculinity yeah it's it's a cycle it just and, it just, and I'll admit that maybe since I'm not keyed into that I I don't have that reaction immediately it left it open for me to reach right. for some other reaction yeah yeah well there's this whole um I've, I've read this really fascinating thing that was talking about how young really young young men is the properly ter- proper term I'm gonna say teenage boys have this whole pathway to be led into this toxic masculinity you know because 
you start with a simple question of how do I get girls to like me, which is a perfectly innocent question for a 13 year old to yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. And that that pathway will lead you into pickup artists, mm-hmm. which will lead you into um, Joe Rogan, which will lead you to Andrew Tate, which will end up giving you a right wing, right turn yeah, right into right wing culture. And then there you are with Proud Boys and and all that. And it's it's a uh, that is the default position of 21st century masculinity, unfortunately. Yeah. And you have uh, you have to work to avoid it. And it's um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, that this is. This is outside the scope of this podcast. I don't know what the answer to that is. So back to this movie which was interesting but i actually do have toxic men creating toxic men written down um and right above that um i have written down he wants her love and he's willing to beat her terrify her chase her and kill her if he has to to get it so um that applies that's not love that's cooperation that's control too Yeah. yeah So that initially uh, starts with James and then it moves on to the whole whatever that is, whatever that green, the green man. See, I don't I mm, I'm not sure if the green man is what that whole conglomeration is. I, I know one aspect of it is I feel like each one of their personas is a different like the vicar is definitely lustful, but I don't know that, you know, like the rest of them are so much lustful. Like the little boy definitely wants to hurt her. Yeah, he he's definitely. Well, and and the actor Roy Kinnear plays 10 different characters. Uh, I definitely agree the vicar is lustful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if the, the little boy, it would be rage, maybe. Yeah, and Jeffrey, right up until the end, is really benign. He's really pretty. I don't even want to say kind, is it maybe? But but and see, Jeffrey, because going into this movie blind, which I definitely think you should do as blind so as you, possible. If you've, if you've gotten this far into the podcast, yeah. too late. Sorry, yeah. too late for is, you. Yeah, this is why we we warn you. You know, come back. <laughs> but I think I don't know, Jeffrey. My first note about jeffrey is that he makes me uneasy something about him the moment he showed up he made me physically uneasy and i hate to do i'm gonna do it so i'm just one but the nice guy in air quotes and i think that's him i i didn't like him and i didn't trust him yes he was very benign yes up until the end he really doesn't do anything wrong but i Something in physically inside me didn't trust him. He's awkward and he's trying too hard. Yeah. That's it. He had an affected air of niceness where mm-hmm. it was clear he was hiding something. Yeah. 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 And then there's the policeman who, I don't know, had that authority, but clearly was not on her side. Oh, no. Well, you know? even the policewoman that took her statement really wasn't either. Like, I mean, that's... I, that she because she was she also kind of wrote him off like oh he's harmless like mm-hmm. she's yeah but the police woman believed her she believed her yes but mm-hmm. she 
she still made light of her situation, what her experience was by saying, oh, he's harmless. I think he was home. He's, you know, yes, she did believe her, but there's, there's something with it that I'm not, I, I don't know. I can't find the word. It's that sort of unconscious misogyny where you can rationalize it to, oh, you know, I'm here to help this person, but it's going to be a lot easier if we just assume everything's fine. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a shorter report for me to file later. That's going to be less time I have to spend here sorting things out. Let's just, let's go from your complaint to the simplest conclusion possible that he's harmless. Yes, he he was nude in your garden and tried to break into the house, but let who among us hasn't done that? Mm-hmm. We've all had a bad trip on a con- you know from a concert. We've all yeah. you know yeah. I, and I I think you're right, Mac. It's that it is that, but like I said, it just it didn't set well with me either. Like this, that's why I said that this this is what is frustrating with this film is because it doesn't stick the landing like the tacking yeah. on the folk horde just I, like I, said, I feel like i'm beating a dead horse with this but it doesn't work you stayed with the psychological aspect you have something something very terrifying very deep very profound very in the moment of what's going on and yeah so fairly early after she arrives at Cotson manor she goes for a walk and she finds this tunnel and um it's really a beautiful scene especially when she starts kind of singing and the mm-hmm. echoes and all and i don't know i really felt like that whole tunnel scene was like her recovery from her trauma like she starts down this tunnel and and then she she starts experiencing joy and then all of a sudden, there's a man. And um, it's not like the entirety of men are preventing her from recovering, but her feelings, her feelings about men are stopping her from recovering, you know? And, so, and men entering the situation with their own expectation that their needs are needs to be met. Yes. There you go. Not yes. that... Th- oh, I have needs and maybe I'd like to discuss them. It's, I have needs and really this needs to go to the top of the agenda and, and all other concerns are secondary. And you are responsible right, for my needs because you exist. For that purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's not, how do I get girls to like me? It's obviously girls ought to like me. How do I make them realize that? That feels very incelly. Like, like it's yeah. it's it's it, it feels very like this is where we're this is this is the start of that. Which I know you you made a a flow chart <laughs> with your words, Mac, of how we get there. <laughs> no, women don't want to sleep with me. That's an injustice that needs to be redressed. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing that incels have actually said that there should be a law that women should have to sleep with us. Yeah. We should be provided with women. So this other podcast I listened to done by two comedians, they actually, uh, it's supposed to be a spooky podcast, but they always get very topical. And they were deciding to talk about incels. And one of them in his beautiful way was like, if they've got jobs, why don't they go to Vegas? There's a whole bunny ranch that can take care of that. 
and then just leave women the fuck alone. <laughs> there are women provided if you know where to look. Yeah. When it comes to that, I think of, of his response like, yeah, there's... <laughs> He's not wrong. At the risk of overgeneralizing, I think incels are often men overvalidated by their mother. A, a completely subservient first rela- relationship with a woman... And they're they're wanting that. They're wanting a mother that'll go to bed with them. If we're going to get Freudian about it for just a brief minute before I jump back into reality. I mean, it's an uncomfortable way to phrase it, but yes. Right. I was like, I'm, I'm thrilled I was never validated by my mother because it allows me to relate to the humanity in a healthy way. thanks mom for resenting the fact that i exist a little bit because it's made me a better person mac please put that on your if you if you give your mother a mother's day (laughs) oh i say that to her all the time i'm like uh she'll mention like you were a month late it was the hottest summer ever i'm like and you've never forgiven me since i understand Mac, I'm giving you an imaginary fist bump because I was 21 days late. So, you know, (laughs) I wanted a late checkout from the hotel room. Is that so wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that I was doing damage. (laughs) I, I didn't realize that by not telling my kid he was two weeks late, I was an excellent mother. (laughs) I'm a good mom. Oh, do we have... Anything else on men? Uh, <laughs> the oh, movie men. to say about men. The movie men. Let me. <laughs> Alex Garland's 2022 men. Men. Do we have anything else with that one? I I, I love I love European license plates. Our license plates are ugly. Boring. <laughs> it was a thought I had when she was driving up to the to to the cottage. I was like, I love those those long license plates what why did we feel the need to change that up i mean american exceptionalism is a myth and you can look at the license plates for proof (laughs) oh just because we entered two world wars at the last possible second in the 21st century but what have we done for the world lately oh oh, i want to pass on that answer that it got too hot on that one yeah Yeah, okay i'm I'm throttling down So Donna has our hat trick, so yay. She's got our rule to start us. Maybe just go ahead and work through your trauma and grief with a uh trained professional. Yeah, just just do that. Just do that. Now our quote, we definitely we had a uh, we we all came with a lot of suggestions on quotes. Uh uh, what, I always find it funny, like the ones that show up on like <laughs> that kind of hit both of our lists. Like Mac and I both had ladies do watch what you flush, which there's one lady. So why it was plural, I don't know. But uh, we kind of felt this one, which Donna has really kind of hit home the point, what this was about, why, you know, really kind of summed up this film. That's how we got to this one. Whatever you say, whatever you do, you will never, ever see me again. Now get the fuck out. Which side note, we had a couple of our quote suggestions that had fucking it like, what the fuck are you? Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> um, which, that's, that's fine. That uh, 
<laughs> it really it worked with this one. And finally, Donna has our poll. Yeah, the poll is how much of this movie really happened and how much of it was just in her head, her working through her trauma. I'll go first. I think the other than the that third act with the chase and all of that. I'm 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 not going to end the birth. I don't think that happened. I think that is working through her trauma, but I think the being uncomfortable with Jeffrey, that having the naked man, having not being seen at the bar, not being listened to. I think all of that happened. I think those are real events. And I think the part of her working through her grief and trauma, that's why everybody had the same face. I'm totally just, we're not going to talk about the folk horror. I'm just leaving that over there. So I think a good chunk of it did happen. I think I agree with Kenzie, and I'll, I'll go one step further because what you believe about that final act dictates what that final shot means. If it's her working through her trauma, she smiles at her friend who arrives and is at peace, and it's like an uplifting sort of ending. But if it all really happened and you know the green man is with her now, and now, oh, it's fresh meat. And I think that's what that smile for me indicates is that she is at a place where she's starting to heal. Once again, leaving the green man shit out of it. Yeah, which is hard to do in this movie because it's there. I almost read it the opposite way that, you know, if you want to view it as a metaphor, she has embraced this internalized misogyny and now she's going to break down this person too. Okay. I think... That pretty much after Jeffrey left her, the whole rest of the movie is in her head. For instance, nobody, but in fact, not even her, seems to recognize that everybody is Rory Kinnear. She doesn't even recognize that everybody is Rory Kinnear. She doesn't realize that it's bad CGI on the kid's head that makes him Rory, Rory Kinnear. Yeah. So I think everything after Jeffrey leaves is in her head. I think the tunnel is her first attempt to work through her grief mm. and she can't do it. And she runs back to her safe place, which ends up not being so safe because you can't run away from your grief. It will find you. You have to feel it. You have to, you have to work through it. And so each one of those men, each one of those versions of Jeffrey represent a different problem that she's struggling with. And she ends up defeating all of them. And then finally, it comes back to James, which is the actual problem. James is the actual problem. And he hits her with the same thing he did at the beginning, which is, I want to apologize to you. And then I want you to love me. And she's got that axe. And I think she defeats him too. And that's why she smiles when her friend gets there is she's finally come through that tunnel and she has, you know, working through trauma and grief is not a, I'm done now, but I think she has made that breakthrough and she's, she's recovering now. That's, that's how I read it. I like that, Donna. I want you to give that summary. Like anytime that men is brought up the movie men, not men in general, mm -hmm. <laughs> the movie men. And yeah, I, I'll, I like that. Oh, oh no! Oh no! We lost back. Back, come back. On my phone now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you sound like you're on your phone, but that's okay. We're winding up. So then, let's go ahead. 
jump to happy places i'm going to go ahead my happy place is uh guardians of the galaxy volume three i saw it thursday night gun sticks the landing and there are so many feels and it's all the feels but it's yeah just just go see it and it's just it's really great (laughs) and i'm gonna keep it short and non-spoilery that is my happy place i've got tickets for 3 30 this afternoon and it, it goes right into my happy place you know, I have a few other little housekeeping things to do this morning, but uh, I think with Guardians 3, the uh, my grad school semester is done and thus begins what I can only hope is the final summer break of my life. Um, and uh, I'm going to be a weird little movie dude. I'm going to be doing theme weeks on my own. I think Carpenter's up first. I think I got some Hitchcocks backed up. Uh, Kurosawa is going to happen. I'm going to have to just, you know, be well caffeinated and ready to read movies at that point, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Uh, yep, that's my happy place. I have a little bit of a weird happy place because it starts with a negative thing, which is that I had to have a serious conversation with a friend of mine about how I was not happy with how things were going recently. But their response to me was, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I'll have to work on that. And that was just so nice. Refreshing. Really refreshing and nice. And then we finished that conversation with telling each other how much we loved each other and how much we were looking forward to seeing each other the next time we saw each other. So I just really enjoyed that. Nice. That's real nice. And, And also they didn't follow up by telling me how much I sucked. So, you know, that was. That's always good. That was was nice. Refreshing. Refreshing. Yeah. That's a good change of pace. Yeah. That your feelings were heard and yeah. acknowledged. Yeah. Also, we we got my cat spayed last week, and that's good because I am no longer an irresponsible pet owner. Here, here's an interesting question. Did you do it yourself? I did not because um, I'm still recovering from surgery, and I was just like, nah, I'll let someone else do it. And she uh, hates her e-collar, but she is wearing it. And she's suffering, but last night she forgave me officially, so. Well, we are on the social medias. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Beyond Cabin. We also uh, have a webpage, beyondthecabinofthewoods.com. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Callista77. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in Goblin. Should make that a hashtag. I'm on Twitter, possibly Instagram, uh, but also Spoutable, which is not taking hold of the imagination of the populace like one might hope, at Party Apocalypse. The website's also partyapocalypse.com. This podcast is hosted there, including other podcasts as well. Uh, The Holodeck is Broken with myself, uh, Z, uh, Eris, and my wife, Laura. We also have Disorganized Criminal Minds podcast with everybody from The Holodeck is Broken except me. Uh, we also have full runs of As the Myth Turns, The Fourth Wall, and Friendables, Two Friends, Talking About Hannibal Lecter, and books, blogs, movie reviews, and nothing else. Partyapocalypse.com for all your entertainment. As always, thank you to our editor, Billy, for making us sound fantastic and professional. Uh, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you aren't already doing so. And don't read the Latin. You know what? Horror is...